Welcome to the Drop Temp Coffee Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Elliott. And I'm the other guy, Tim Howard. And we are excited to share with you another episode and many more episodes to come. Today we get to talk about how to make coffee. I know that sounds pretty basic, but we're going to talk about four of our favorite methods and four of our favorite filtering systems. That's right. And if you guys never heard of us, well, you should. You can visit our website at www.droptempcoffee.com. And who are we, Tim? Well, I'm the owner of Blind Coffee Roasters. And I'm the owner of Elliot and Murray Coffee Roasters. And what do we have in common right now when it comes to Drop Temp? Well, we are the two creative minds behind Drop Temp Collective, which is a space that you can rent roasters and get taught on how to use them. That's right. And we will also be featuring classes in the next couple of months where you can learn how to roast coffee at home, learn how a coffee cupping goes, and much, much more to offer. We also sell green coffee beans on our website. So if you are a home roaster or a roaster that's starting out, no matter what level you are into your roasting journey, we're here to help you. I think the best thing that I can say about what we're trying to do is we want people to come in and enjoy it as much as we do. Agree. Well, if you don't mind, I think uh, I think one of the things that's commonly that's commonly uh, misunderstood about coffee is the idea of how to brew it. Now, I personally uh, like French press, and I also really like espresso. Uh, Carrie, what are you going to discuss? Today? Well, today what I am going to discuss, uh, I'm also going to talk about Chemex, and also going to be talking about uh, drip as well. Okay, so why don't you start off with the Chemex? Oh, Chemex. Okay, so a lot of people enjoy Chemex, because believe it or not, Chemex has been around since uh, the 1800s, believe it or not. Uh, it was invented by a German professor, and the glasswork that was created uh, to make an exceptional cup of coffee. The way that it is designed, and the way that it's beautifully made. So, with, with the beautiful design also becomes a beautiful cup of coffee, right? And what I really like about Chemex is that it gives a really nice clean cup of coffee, but you are in control of how you produce the coffee. There are different Chemex uh, designs. There are many Chemex filters. And let's kind of talk about the filters first, because filters are really, really important when it comes to brewing. Now for me, I like the bleach paper filters. There are unbleached paper filters that are out there for Chemex. You might see them. Uh, they are brown, and they and there are ones that are white. Uh, the ones that I use are white because they're bleached, right? So what I have found when making coffee with the Chemex, let's say the unbleached filters, right? Uh, so what I find with the unbleached filters is that I still get a papery taste. Uh, so describing the papery taste when you pour a cup of coffee, it just tastes like you're chewing on a piece of paper. Like it, it's like giving me flashbacks when I was six years old and I'm chewing on paper, right? Uh, that's the kind of papery taste that I get. And it's not so pleasant in my cup of coffee. What I have found is that unbleached paper filters, they give more of a cleaner cup of coffee. And I actually taste more of the coffee than that paper taste. Now, any filter that you use, you're still going to get that papery taste, right? So the best way 
to brew a perfect cup of coffee, I think, in my opinion, when it comes to a Chemex, is number one, you have to pre-wet the filter. You have Before you put any grinds in your coffee, you got to make sure you wet the filter because you're rinsing out all that papery material out, all the sediment that's in the paper, clean it out. Number two, you want to weigh the coffee. When it comes to pour-overs or Chemex, you got to get a kitchen scale that weighs out in grams. It's really important to make sure you have a perfect gram to water ratio. And you can always play around and you can customize it to what you want, but it's really important to weigh it. So for me, I weigh 30 grams of coffee to 350 grams of water. So what you want to do is wet the filter. I put the 30 grams of uh, coffee into my Chemex filter. Uh, you want to have a gooseneck kettle as well to have a nice, even distributed pour. You can use a tea kettle, but it's not going to have a uniformed pour like a gooseneck kettle. That's a really important thing. Water temperature also, you got to make sure it's at least 200 degrees when you're pouring the coffee in. It's really important because when you brew the coffee, you wanna have it at a hot temperature that you have a really great extraction from the coffee beans itself. Now, going back to the filter, make sure you wet the filter, put your 30 grams of coffee in, and you wanna saturate the beans. What we're gonna be calling this the bloom. The bloom is really important. You're only gonna put 100 grams of water into the bloom. And what that happens is that you're going to have the aromatics, the flavor notes really open up because you're releasing CO2 gases. CO2 gases is your best friend. You want to open up that aroma, that flavor profile. You want to do at least 100 grams of water. You want to do that for 45 seconds. And then you want to pour the rest of the water. And what you want to do is go in a circle a nice even circle to make sure you have all your beans saturated. And once you get all your water in, you're gonna see the beans kind of float and then they're gonna start sinking. They're gonna kind of sink into the filter and you wanna swirl around the Chemex too as it's filtering out. So you make sure that the bed of your coffee is nice, evenly saturated. You don't want any dry spots whatsoever. So you wanna make sure it's nice and level as it's extracted as that bed of coffee grounds goes down and it pours into a beautiful cup of coffee and it's the greatest thing ever. That's great. I agree with everything you had to say, by the way, and I do love my Chemex. I think what I'm gonna do is introduce the French press. Now for me, French press is something I've been drinking a very long time. Um, French press is something that requires three very basic parts. The first thing is uh, the grind of the coffee. It needs to be coarse. That's because you need surface area, certain amount of it that can get wet when you're soaking the coffee that allows the right kind of extraction. We keep talking about extraction. What that is is the removal of solids from the beans and put into your cup as coffee. With the French press and coarse ground, you want to level in about four tablespoons rounded of coffee into a 32 ounce French press. That should bring you right about to the lower ring. Bet you didn't know all the rings on French presses are standard in height so you can measure. Mm -hmm. But the second thing about that is the temperature of the water. Now we talked about temperature and personally, I like a nice hot water when it goes in. So I'll boil um, right up to a boiling point and I'll remove the, uh, the pot, the teapot or the gooseneck kettle from 
I have a quick note on that. Uh, you know how I said that it was 201 degrees for water temperature? It actually should be at 205, right? Do you agree? No, I think you're right. I think 201 is better personally for Chemex. I do. I think it's better. I think it makes a better tasting coffee personally. I I agree with everything, but I think 201 is the better temperature. Well, there you go, guys. You can go between 201, you can go between 205, but as long as it's above 200 and not super scolding boiling hot, um, you can brew the perfect coffee. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Tim. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. The, the idea of the French press is that you can boil coffee in a pot and you can actually remove the pot for a five-second count and you can get it down to about... 207 to 205, which makes it the right temperature. You fill up the uh, French press to the top of the top handle ring and put on the um, the filtering basket, the, the uh, press. They'll actually go to the top of the container. Um, from there, you want to start a stopwatch. And what you want to do is you want to time this at 3 minutes and 30 seconds. There's a bunch of discussion about how strong you might want a coffee. But personally, the reason I do this is to be able to taste coffees to determine what I want to offer people. So when I'm doing this, I do this regularly. I really like three minutes and 30 seconds. I think it adds some body, but it doesn't make the coffee overwhelming. What do you think, Carrie? Yeah, um, you know, that is definitely good. I honestly, I tell people between three to four minutes is ideal uh, because, you know, life happens. You might be, you know, sitting at your kitchen counter staring at your french press waiting for your cup of coffee as you're twirling your thumbs and then you get a phone call something happens with the kids you get distracted you leave but you know the longer it steeps you know it's still going to be good it's going to be more of a robust body though uh but yeah like you were saying three minutes four minutes perfect awesome well at that point when you get to the desired time uh in my case 330 i press it down all the way to the bottom and i like to remove every drop of coffee that i can get the reason for that is i don't want grounds collecting at the bottom of my cup i think that makes a bitter cup of coffee so to review for me my suggestion is to fill up the french press 32 ounces with about four rounded tablespoons of coarse ground coffee, boil water and take it off the heat for about five seconds, pour it into the top of the top ring, put the press filter in and then press down at three minutes, 30 seconds and pour the entire amount into either a decanter or your cup. Makes a great cup of coffee, super easy to drink and a great way to test coffee. Yeah, no, that's uh, totally awesome. So now let's go ahead and dive into America's favorite way to brew coffee. The drip machine. Everybody knows a drip machine. Uh, you can have a FECO brewer. You can have, heck, you can even have a, a Mr. Coffee. You know, that is the most simplest way you could brew a cup of coffee. And it's usually everybody's go-to. You know, there's also Keurig out there, but we're not going to discuss Keurig. <laughs> no, please no. don't do that. Yeah. Um, so with drip coffee, it's really basic. It's, you know, very up front, don't have to do much. You don't have to really do much to it. Um, but weighing it is also very important too. Um, the one thing that drives me bonkers when it comes to the instructions on a Mr. Coffee or one of these basic uh, drip brewers is that they don't tell you how much coffee to weigh. You You're know, they, absolutely right. Yeah. It just tells you one cup, two cup, three cup, four cup. And it's like, for me, as a coffee enthusiast, as a coffee roaster, it's like, okay, well, uh, 
how many grams is that going to equal? How <laughs> much? How many grams of water is it going to come out? Like, do I know that it's going to be weaker or is it going to be stronger? You don't know because it's measured by cups. So uh, the best way to brew that is number one, you want to have like a middle of the road grind. So when I talk about middle of the road grind, I'm talking about like, you don't want it too coarse and you don't want it too fine. Um, I could tell you though, I'm the type of person that likes a full body coffee and I usually go a little bit finer. So let's say you're at a grocery store. If you look at a grocery grinder, there's going to be a picture of the drip machine and it's kind of like in the middle. So that's going to be, you know, you're going to get a 50-50 mix of the coarse and the fine that's going to be intertwined with that. Me, I go a little bit more finer because I want to have a more bolder extraction when it comes to that. Now, if you wanted to make it a little bit weaker, you can go a little bit more coarse on your grind. Um, uh, one of the reasons that the grind is so important is to make sure you get the right surface area uh, and that helps in the extraction, especially in drip. I just thought I'd throw that in there, Carrie. Thanks for letting me step on you. Uh, yeah. You know, I stepped on you about the uh, water temperature. So, uh, you know, it's good all thing good. We're friends. Yes, absolutely. So when it comes to like having a Mr. Coffee kind of brewer, for me, you can put in about, depending on how much coffee you want to get out of it. So again, it kind of problematic when we're talking about the cup situation because again when you are trying to figure out how many cups you don't know it is the one cup are they talking about eight ounces 12 ounce cup it just says one cup you don't know exactly how many ounces they're really talking about i know those lines are absolutely inaccurate every single time and every single drip maker in the world has an inaccurate count on the outside of the decanter, huh? Exactly. So the best way I would suggest, besides the middle of the road grind that I was talking about earlier, you want to do at least, let's say about, uh, you know. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. Rounded tablespoon for two cups on the decanter. <laughs> 15 grams a tablespoon. You're oh, welcome. So, and take two. <laughs> take two. <laughs> so what I suggest is roughly about 75 grams of coffee in your basket, uh, whether you have the stainless steel mesh basket or a paper filter basket. Honestly, if you do have the metal style or you have the paper style, yeah, the grind's gonna be a little bit different, but not by much. And the grams of coffee that are gonna be in it, it doesn't matter. As long as you have at least 75 grams of coffee in your basket, make sure you have that and brew away. And so it's going to take you obviously a couple of minutes. Go ahead and brush your teeth, get dressed, get ready in the morning, and boom, you have your coffee right there. It's ready to go. And to me, when it comes to drip, that is a perfect cup of coffee. So it's just really what it boils down to when it comes to French press or it comes to drip, you want to make sure that you have a good amount of grinds, you have a hot enough temperature of water, and you can make a really good extraction of coffee. I think weighing coffee is the most important thing when it comes to brewing, no matter what brewing method you do. What, what, what do you say about that? You know, I think that, I still think it's three things. I've been, I've been around coffee a very long time. 
I think it's three things. I think it's the temperature of the water, mm-hmm. the grind of the coffee, and the ratio, which is where the weights come in. I think all three of those things are important. The weight, though, is the thing that nobody gets right. Yeah. Absolutely nobody gets it right. The water, you can you can go a little temperature above or below. The grind, you can kind of go through the grind, but the weight is the thing that people mess up the most in all of these methods all of them definitely man it is the weight if you can get the proper weight to the proper ratio of water you're gonna have the best cup of coffee ever yeah it's true (laughs) the best you can possibly get hey can i can i tell people about espresso so i'd like to talk about espresso if i may this is my personal favorite way to drink coffee it may be a little more time consuming and a little more uh, particular about things like weights and temperatures and and shot amounts and timing but when it's done right i think espresso is one of the most satisfying ways to drink a cup of coffee personally in i like pulling double shots all the time it makes things easier to measure when it comes to things like milk if you want to make a latte or makes it easier to measure if you're going to do things like like shots of espresso um also there's a school of thought um that talks about the crema not being particularly the best part of coffee but personally i like it i like it a lot so what i'm doing is taking my experience as a generation two second wave espresso jockey and bringing it forward now i'll give you a couple weight examples if you actually want a perfect shot of espresso it is said to be about 21 grams of espresso ground coffee the second part of that is you want to time the shot when it's in the machine. So once you have the espresso, you have it tamped, which means that you have it firmly packed into the espresso cup or the portafilter. Then you want to attach it to the espresso machine, and then you want to pull your shot. Timing on the shot is about 30 seconds from the first drip that comes out of the espresso cup or the portafilter to the very end when coffee stops flowing through the espresso through the portafilter. Once you have that, I love the beauty that is crema. I love the way it looks, and I find it very satisfying. But again, there mm-hmm. is a school of thought that disagrees with that. My, my personal experience as a home barista is I think it adds a lot to latte particularly, especially if you're going to do whole milk. I think it adds a certain overall creaminess that you don't get without it. That's my preference in terms of espresso when you're going to drink espresso by itself i think it's always a good idea to have some soda water behind it so you can rinse between shots the coffee itself will actually change from temperature to temperature but if you have soda water with it just plain old club soda you can actually clean all of the espresso off your tongue i think you get much truer taste for the coffee what do you think carrie well I'm not going to disagree with you because everything you just said was pretty spot on. With my personal opinion when it comes to espresso, now, Tim and I, we have a lot in common. We are friends, but we do have our different opinions when it comes to espresso. That's why we're friends. That's why we're friends. And for me, when it comes to espresso, pulling a shot, when I pull a really good shot, I really enjoy the crema that is on the top. Everybody does. That's what you, when you pull a shot of espresso, you want to have that good crema because you know that is that is going to be good. Some good coffee, right? Right. Uh, for me, 
when it comes to espresso, I like to stir. I like to stir my espresso. I don't like to drink it without stirring. The reason for that is with espresso, you have the fat and oils that are floating on the top. And so for me, when you mix it in, I feel like it is better mixed that way into the body of the coffee and I drink it. Now in Italy, what they do is they take their time sipping the espresso. Now I don't know if they stir it or not. Maybe it's American thing. Maybe it's a James Hoffman thing because I know that James Hoffman likes to stir his Americanos and you know, Americanos are basically shots of espresso with water. Now I, I don't know if it's true or not. But with espresso in Italy, that's why it's so renowned because not only were they the first to make an espresso machine, but they know how to enjoy a really good cup of espresso. And it's meant to be sipped on, not to shot down like a, you know, a shot of Jaeger or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, my, my espresso experience is taking, taking time to enjoy every layer of it. I think espresso changes pretty actively as you get to the bottom of the cup as well. There are so many other aspects of the coffee that can come out. Coffee tastes a lot different hot than it does, you know, cooling. And I think it changes. One of the things I try to do when I'm out determining what coffees to use is to go through the entire process in a cup. I like drinking an entire cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And that way you can taste it. And I, I even like being I even like being able to uh, to try it with say cream. I'm not against cream. I'm not. Oh no. Yeah, you know, I think it's good. It's like steamed milk. I love lattes. Love them. Love them. Absolutely. So <laughs> I gotta say this. I was a bit of a snob when it came to coffee. I. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, as a coffee roaster, you really take pride in what you roast, right? And I, right. at one point, starting out as a coffee roasting owner, business owner, roaster, is that, oh, don't have cream in my coffee. Try it black. <laughs> and I got a little snobbish about that because I want what the goal was for me. And it's still true today, but you got to try the coffee for what it is like the natural notes of the coffee and my my defense about it was if you put cream you put sugar in it you're masking it you're ruining the coffee for what it is because i'm a specialty coffee roaster and if you put cream and sugar in this beautiful micro lot coffee that i roasted then you're trashing the coffee trash but as time has gone on and as i progress as a business owner an owner of a coffee roasting business i have learned that it's okay to put cream in the coffee. It is okay to put sugar in the coffee because espresso, what we were just talking about, Cubano shots, where you can get espresso and you could put sugar in the raw into your porter filter and you could pull a Cubano shot. Now it's a hundred percent. So good. So good. If it's not, I mean, it's probably not the most authentic way to pull a Cubano shot, but by adding that extra sweetness into that shot, it makes it so much better. And you know, sometimes when you add sugar, when you add cream, it actually elevates the coffee profile, which as stubborn little me took some time to swallow my pride and actually release and say, it's okay. You can have cream in this Microlock Guatemalan coffee that was a scored at an 89.9. It compliments it, Carrie. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, I think I think coffee can be 
It can be enjoyed in all levels. I'll tell you a little secret about that Cubano. Mm. You put that on and put the sugar at the bottom of the uh, portafilter, pull the shot normally the way you usually would, and put it into a cup with a lemon wedge. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. <laughs> Love Cubano. The idea of a home espresso is, is probably, I think, what we both agree on. You have to do it the way you want to do it. We can give guidance on how to drink a coffee. But you know what? If you're enjoying it, just enjoy it. Agree. Absolutely. Here's my thing is, again, as I evolved as a coffee roasting business owner, the one thing that I appreciate is that people come to me because either a friend told them about my coffee, they had their coffee somewhere, and they enjoyed it. They come directly into my shop and they say, I want a bag of coffee and I can tell them the best way to brew that cup of coffee. But when they get home with that bag, depending on how they make it, they're still going to enjoy that cup of coffee. I couldn't agree more. We are probably knowledgeable for coffee. We probably know a lot, but we don't ever want to out coffee somebody. If you have a way that's different than ours, it's a valid method. You shouldn't change it, but you could try our suggestions and see what it tastes like. Exactly. The thing is, is that we don't want to shame people and mess up, not mess up, but we want people to have a different perspective of how you can take coffees that we roast, that we know, we know the roast, and how you can enhance it into a better experience when it comes to coffee. Yeah, I guess that's a definition of elevating your coffee, huh? Absolutely. This is, I think, I think I've, I feel like we've hit a couple of good basic points on how to brew. I will say this. I think brown paper is good, but you know what's really good in that Chemex? If you haven't tried it, the Cone Filter. Got to give a shout out to Southeast Portland. K-O-N-E, the Cone Filter. It's a finely perforated filter. It's used in a lot of high-end shops. It makes for really good coffee. There is no paper influence whatsoever it's really good yeah i've heard about the cone filter k-o-n-e we got to <laughs> emphasize on the k-o-n-e yeah God i personally yeah <laughs> i mean i personally have not used cone but it's definitely on my list of things to try uh as you a coffee borrow mine oh okay cool <laughs> you know as a coffee enthusiast and as a coffee business owner especially as us roasters we're gonna have we're going to try or maybe own every single brewing method that's out there. I can tell you right now, if I went home, I have a mocha pot. I have a French press. Uh, I did have an espresso machine, but I I parted ways with that because I'm at my shop seven days a week. <laughs> so I have an espresso machine at the shop. But there's the Flare espresso machine. So I can have that as an option. Um, and I have, a, I have a Mr. Coffee. I have a Krupp's rip machine that i found for like 40 bucks at bed bath and beyond and it has the seal mesh drip coffee filter and it brews a decent cup of coffee and you know what you're going to find too is whether you go to us for coffee whether you go to your favorite coffee roaster your local favorite coffee roaster uh you're going to find that when you're brewing coffee no matter which method you're going to taste some different highlighted notes so let's say you brew french press 
you're going to get really nice chocolate notes. And maybe if you pull a espresso shot, you might pull out some fruit notes out of it. You know, it does vary from different brewing methods, right? Right. You know, I admit something. I have a collection of brewing methods. I have 15 different brewing methods. You need to list them. Let's hear it, Tim. Okay, here we go. I have two different size mocha pots with two different metals. That's crazy, right? I've got a Mr. Coffee machine. I've got a Mocha Master, which, by the way, is the best strip coffee maker I've ever Amen. had. Oh, so good. Um, I have two different French presses. Those generally tend the same, so they only count as one. I've got a Flare um, espresso press that's really a nice cup of coffee. By the way, I owe thanks to you for that. That's an amazing machine. I have a Bravel Barista Express espresso machine. I have a K-Cup brewer. <gasps> Don't tell anybody. Don't do it. Okay. Okay. I have a Mr. Coffee cold brew brewer. It's actually pretty good. I have a five-gallon toddy brewer. I have no less than three four-cup toddy brewers. By the way, they taste different. Do you know that? Do you notice no. that? Mm-mm. No, it's interesting, right? Like, I think the smaller ones take out more acids. I have, oh, I have a percolator that I just got. Oh, okay. It's green. Of course. <laughs> if you guys don't know uh, Blind Coffee Roasters, it's green. His logo has green incorporated into it. Everything is green. so I know, right? Yeah. It, it's a sickness. I can't help myself. I also have a signature extraction Japanese extractor device. that uses uh, centrifugal force. That's the weirdest thing ever. It's not that good. I'm not going to lie. That machine was expensive, and it just makes a mediocre coffee. I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. It's not that good. Oh, no. Yeah. And then I have a really beautiful ice drip coffee brewer. I saw this and fell in love with it. So, you know, it's a problem. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the the one thing on my list that I would really love to have to show people is a siphon. Yeah. Yeah, that siphon, that's, that's pretty rad. If you guys don't know what a siphon is, you better uh, jump on Google right now and Google it. I mean, the siphon goes back to like the 1800s, right? Yeah. And just just like the Chemex, uh, the siphon was actually used more commonly than the Chemex. I don't know if it was created in the U.S. Um, I apologize for my lack of information, but it's really cool. It's a vacuum brewing that's the best way I can describe it. And I would love to have one of those to make an awesome cup of coffee. To absolutely everybody out there, Carrie needs a gift for Christmas. Yes. Let's, let's get her a siphon. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I appreciate everybody listening today, but I'd like to offer a couple of quick shout outs, if I may. There is big news of Blind Coffee Roasters. Do you know what that is? Ah, uh, don't give it away. I'm not going to say anything. Well, we want to say a big thank you to Brandon at uh, Primo Coffee Roasting Equipment, who has made a custom green 20 kilogram roaster, which is now sitting in our roastery, getting ready to get installed. We are so excited. We'll talk about the differences later, but this machine uses infrared. It's going to make our coffee better. And again, Brandon did an amazing job. That's Primo Coffee Roasting Equipment. They're out of Southern California, American made. Love those guys. So that's my shout. Who you got? Well, I wanted to give a shout out to Office Evolution here in Hillsboro, Oregon. They are a co-working 
one of those workspace co-sharing places, and they have allowed us to come in and record in their podcast studio. They provide the microphone, they provide the soundboard, and they have this beautiful soundproof room for us to sit here and record our podcast. So now until... Know whenever, uh, probably for a very long time, all our podcast shows will be recorded here at Office Evolution in Hillsboro. So I wanted to give out a shout out to Jennifer and her team, her husband, for allowing us to come in and to record our podcast. They're very excited about the show, and I hope they're listening. Yeah, I can't say enough about about the treatment we got today. It's a beautiful studio. It's so gorgeous, guys. Seriously, we also wanted to you know let you know that if you're interested in our coffees. Tim and I, again, we're both coffee roasters. We have our own separate coffee roasting businesses. Tim is the owner of Blind Coffee Roasters. And Carrie is the owner of Elliot and Murray Coffee Roasters. Now, if you wanted to go and check out Tim's selection of amazing coffees and his unique quirky blends, uh, go ahead and check out Blind coffeeroasters.com and uh, Carrie offers a really amazing selection of fantastic coffees you can find all that at uh, elliotandmurraycoffee.com yes sir so the last thing I want to say a quick shout for us droptemp.coffee droptemp.coffee you want to learn more about coffee you want to come in buy some green beans want some hints on how to roast it the right way we'd love to tell you why don't you take a look at us once again drop Temp, D-R-O-P-T-E-M-P dot coffee. Drop us a line. We'd love to help you. Um, we do sell a variety of green coffee. And in the next couple of weeks, we are going to be also offering roaster rental time. So if you are starting out in your coffee journey or you are a coffee roaster yourself currently and you're finding that you need to roast in more volume, let us help you by providing a space where you can go ahead and roast your coffee and eventually then Next few weeks or so, we'll be offering green coffee storage. Yep, it's going to be a good time to be a coffee roaster. Hey, thanks for having me over and uh, doing some talking with me, Carrie. Hey, anytime. And thank you again for everybody who's uh, listening to our second episode of Drop Temp Coffee. We would love to hear your feedback. And please message us. Uh, send us an email. You can send it to hello at droptemp.com. Dot coffee. Uh, you can also go to our website as well that we talked about. And if you're really enjoying the show and you want to hear more content and you want to support our show, uh, you can check out our show on YouTube. You can check it out on all the major platforms where podcasts are available, including Spotify and Apple. Thank you very much. <laughs>